Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all the college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. My co-host is Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, how's it going? Patrick, I just got done watching Total Recall, and I just have one question to ask you. Okay. You ever fuck a mutant? <laughs> Did you actually just get done watching Total Recall? Uh, like two days ago, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you, you watched that movie, and you wrote that down in your little notebook, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you went from there. That's right. Um, I basically always watch a movie just jotting down stupid little quotes to say in this podcast. That's the only reason that you watch movies. Yeah. You watch movies like coaches watch film, mm-hmm. where you're like writing down, like, oh, I could reference get, that. Getting something to get pissed yeah, off could. about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could reference that on the show. What are the uh, politics of this character? Just <laughs> 45 minutes trying to figure it out. I don't know if this guy would do very well in the DSA. <laughs> Um, Ryan, Ooh, the we... birth of a nation, a little problematic. <laughs> Folks, Tom Cruise is in this one, and I can't watch it because of that. Um, I will never experience any joy. Um, Ryan, what are we what are we doing today? That's a great question. Um, you okay. know, thanks for asking me that, Patrick. It's so nice to be here. Um, yeah, we have a couple things we're going to talk about. Uh, the first one I wanted to go into with you is playoff expansion. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, the, the article will be almost a week old, which means I assume our readers will be just learning about this. Yeah. Um, that's if you read at the third grade level, so it takes them a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, t- it takes me three days to read an article. So. <laughs> uh, Yahoo Sports Pete Demel, uh, famously a, a great friend of both Urban Meyer and Patrick Mayhorn. <laughs> that's right. Uh, reported on Tuesday morning <laughs> that uh, a dozen state quote a dozen stakeholders on every side of the playoff decision have expressed an openness towards a twelve team playoff as the most likely result. We're talking about playoff expansion. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we spoke about in a previous episode, the working committee, uh, it's kind of tasked exploring expansion, uh, is reporting its findings and recommendations in Chicago in about a month on July 17th. Um, so to paraphrase this article, man, there are about two primary reasons why the 12-team model has emerged as the favorite over the 8-team model that was the early frontrunner and that I think most fans are probably familiar with, right? Yeah. Um, so first, the 8-team model with five automatic bids for P5 champions and one G5 champion would reduce the number of at-large bids available to teams. Um, Some it's not really supported by Notre Dame or the SEC. Um, the G5 backs it, and I'm sure the Big Ten schools like that do as well. Um, but, you know, the SEC is the big swinging dick in the room here. Yeah. And uh, they're not fans of reducing at-large bids from four to two. Um, secondly, the 12-team model kind of seems to soothe the desires of basically uh, every major stakeholder. Um, it would expand and guarantee access to the G5. It would create an automatic pathway for every Power 5 team to make it. and would also allow an increase in at-large bids and also create the much-discussed first-round home games that many fans would like to see. Yeah. Um, so the most popular format currently discussed for a 12-team model um, features buys for the top four seeds in round one. Then you would have home games for seeds five through eight, hosting seeds nine through 12 for the first round, um, and neutral site bowl games in the second, third, and final rounds. Um, so just as a reminder, the absolute earliest these changes could take place, the 2023 season, um, because the current playoff, playoff format could not change for 2021 or 2022. Uh, Pat, just what are your initial thoughts on all that? Um, I, I think I've gone on the record on this show before as being at least kind of pro 12 team. I think 12 team is my, my favorite of the numbers that they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, looking at this specific proposal, I'm not a huge fan. I, I think that the idea of, um, you know, the number 11 P5 team getting in over a second G5 team is uh, bad. Shitty, it's stupid. Yeah, because yeah. like, you're going to get like 9 and 3 Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what this is going to lead to. Yeah. And I don't want that, but... Um, or even worse, one of those like 10 and 2 Washington State Mike Leach teams have gotten in. Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, any Pac-12 team at right. all. Are we, the, yeah. What we need to do is we need to make a rule where the Pac-12 is not allowed in whatever play. Lock them up. Can lock them out. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. I like... I like 12 more than I like four, certainly. Um, I, I have, I, I, I don't know if I've shared on my podcast what I would do with the, on my podcast. If I shared on this podcast what I would do with, with my model for 12, um, it, I, I've, sort of started to harp on this fairly recently. We've been um, yelling at our friends and very Yeah, yeah we've been yeah, those. sort of just hollering at anybody that would listen <laughs> to us. Um we would uh we would go with all ten conference champions. That's reg- right. Regular season conference champions. I at least in my in my view. Mm, I, don't I disagree. Know. I, I yeah. still want a conference title games, but I just uh I want there to be no division, so at least okay. the top two teams at a conference play. Yeah. I, I want the conference title the the regular season conference title because you get I think more impactful regular season games to to mm-hmm. then yield that winner. Obviously, regular season games are still impactful for determining who gets to go to the championship game. But I just I I, I am sympathetic to the idea of like a you know an eight and four Big Ten West champion making the playoff because they accidentally beat Penn State or something, right? 
Yeah, I think that's fair. But at the same time, like, how many times has Clemson won the ACC and played, like, one top 40 team while they're doing it? You know what I mean? Like, sure. at least make them beat that same average team a second time if they're going to get in the playoff. Like, if you lose to an 8-4 and four Northwestern or, you know, 7-5 and five Pitt... Uh, you don't really deserve to be in the playoff in the first place. It's just, it's not like a, it's a random October game against like Iowa or something where you're caught by surprise. You know what I mean? It is like, uh, it's the big game. You know, you have to win it to get in the playoff. And if you can't pull that off, uh, you deserve to miss the playoff. Sure. My, my, my main hang up with that is that I do want there to be like the game that I always go back to is the 2009. And this is such an insignificant game in the long run of things, but the 2009 Ohio state, Iowa, where the winner was going to go to the Rose Bowl and win the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a regular season game. It was right, um, and we don't really get those kind of moments anymore because of the conference championship. Where you can you can win that game, you can win that super impactful game to win your division. You still have to go play in an extremely sterile, shitty neutral site game um, against a team that you probably don't have all that many ties again to because they're in the the other division. And more often than not, they're not going to be very good. You don't think we get those games anymore? Not really. I would say, like, I mean, just at the top of my head here, like, 2019 Alabama LSU was a playoff elimination game. That was a regular season game. Uh, Ohio State Michigan State 2015 was a playoff elimination game, yeah. right? Like, and I'm sure there are more I'm forgetting here, but those games do happen. Like, of course, you have the bullshit, too, where, like, Notre Dame and Clemson play each other, then play each other again, or, like, you know, Alabama loses to LSU in the regular season and still plays in the BCS title yeah. anyway. Like, that stuff does suck. There's no doubt about that, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I just wonder if that's even like. I, it just seems like it's maybe too hard to put into the system automatically. I don't know, but we're getting kind of cut off the details yeah. here. I agree with you that I do want the ten conference champions all in the playoff. Yeah, people want to cry and say, "Oh, but what about when the MAC teams suck?" Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. They don't. Shut up. They're fine. Yeah, they're cool. The team that wins the MAC <laughs> is good. Like that's yeah. the, it's. You're not going to win. And a- why do you care anyway, dude? Yeah. Like, you, you- <laughs> We're just yelling directly at the guy in our group chat. <laughs> We're just yelling on a loop, yeah. No, but, uh, I mean, you know, Washington's going to make the playoff and get shit-pounded anyway. Like, who cares? Like, Ohio State got shit-pounded last right. year. And, like, like, the second-best team in the country. How many... There, I think someone ran the numbers in some article recently that more playoff games have been blowouts that have been competitive. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's you can't guarantee anything that's going to happen. But, like, at least I think every team in the country, every team in the country should have a path to make the playoff. Every, yeah, sort of every like season. an obvious path, not like yes. a, a setup like with what Cincinnati has this year, where if it beats two P5 teams and runs the table in the AAC... And with and, style points. Yeah, yeah, and with style points. Like, that's not a path. That's yeah. a that's a very specific situation and also has to be good the year before and, right. you know, have a coach that people know and players that people know. And, and, like, the ultimate example is, like, people point to Houston, like, when they had that one season where they, I think, lost one game, maybe undefeated or lost one game that yeah. season in the fall year they had like three p5 teams in the schedule yeah and it's like oh you never know if they go undefeated two years in a row with six p5 wins they might have a chance to make the playoff yeah and it's like come on like that's just such bullshit like you're not really taking like g5 teams seriously um yeah we hate it uh we do want a 12 team playoff and i think i guess this model could be worse like theoretically you might have a second g5 team some years probably never i mean probably probably will not happen but (laughs) at least one is better than nothing um but I like the 18 model better than this, honestly. Uh, also, the part that I hate is that they're talking about doing three full rounds of bowl games. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I think literally only the title game should be neutral site. Everything else should be on home fields. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I had it my way, there would never be a neutral site game in college football, but obviously that's not where the... I, I think like, the Super Bowl championship kind of deal is cool. Uh, I don't know, man. I, a lot uh, of sports do that. It's, it's yeah. just best versus best. It, it's, it's the way that it's... I mean, it's the way that it is. It's one of those things that I can't change, obviously. Yeah. I do think if you if you have to play it in a neutral site, it should be in the Rose Bowl every year, right? Sure. Like Rose, that's where Rose they, Bowl rocks, That's yeah. where they should play the it's championship game. It's always good weather. Game. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge stadium. Yeah. It's just that's that's where they should play it. I, you, seeing a college football championship game in like, um, what was it, the, the 49ers stadium a couple years ago? That's awful. Levi like the, Stadium, yeah, which famously <laughs> is like the most impossible yeah, stadium like, to get to with the shittiest parking and like. Yeah, and like the sh- the stadium itself is shitty. Like the field sucks, is, yeah. is like sunken in and shit. There's been a lot of numbers like on the injuries taking place at Levi Stadium per game card to like any other field in America, and it's yeah. terrible. It was like right up there with. Uh, <laughs> 
And maybe it's Soldier Field is also famous. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was the Eagles old field was famous okay. and terrible for yeah. this too. Yeah. Um, happens all the time, man. Boy, it seems like a really smart approach if you're running a professional sports team is mm-hmm. to just have a field that injures your players constantly. Yeah. Cool. People forget too that the uh, Pac-12 office is actually the entire Levi Stadium. People don't know that. They would just <laughs> rent it out every single week that's to watch right. games in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They just they just put it up on the big screen for some reason. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, and I agree that if you're going to do the, um, you know, the, the, the P five champions get in and then it's at large guys, just mm-hmm. do the, just do the eight. Right. And then one G five, right. Just do eight. You don't right. need to do 12 if you're doing that. Yeah. Look, this is just going to become the sec invitational, which is like <coughs> inevitable. You're going to have the sec West champion, the SEC East champion are both guaranteed a spot. Yeah. And then whoever like the third or the third best team in the conferences will also be in. And probably the fourth. And probably the fourth. Some years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just annoying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it's not really interesting to me, I guess. Like, the one thing is, will help with this diversity of teams. For sure. Yeah. Um, but now, like, it, the diversity of teams will be important. But I think, again, if you just guarantee all the conference champions, you're going to guarantee the diversity of teams yeah. without having such a heavy conference bias or regional bias. Like, you know, if Georgia is just shredding Toledo in round one, like, that's boring. Come on, like that's not cool. Like I don't, yeah. I don't need to see Florida and Georgia and Alabama and LSU play each other for a fourth time in the season. Yeah, and and it's like if you didn't, I mean, that's the thing is these these SEC teams have the talent. Just win your conference and you'll be in. It, right. it seems it's not that hard. Yeah, and like if you're the second best team in the SEC, you'll probably still get in because right. there's two at larges and one of them's going to go to you. Yeah, right. Like, like every time. Yeah, and the other one will go to like Notre Dame probably yeah. or the second best Big Ten team or the second best yeah. Big Twelve team. Right. Like it doesn't seem this really doesn't seem like a huge issue if you just win your games it's such a joke too that notre dame is like opposing the 18 model allegedly you know according to reporting uh because like they don't want to join a conference and it's gonna be that large bit for them and it's like i don't care i'm sorry i I don't weep for them at all schedule better in those win and then win those games yeah yeah. if you join the acc you're playing uh it's a nine game conference schedule Against me, at most you'll have two good teams in one conference. You can still play USC every year. Like teams do it all the time. Yeah. Like you know, Georgia Tech plays Georgia every year. Uh, Clemson plays South Carolina every year. Uh, Florida State plays Florida every year. Like yeah. you, you can. It's very easy to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really it. It's really especially because they don't really have this series with like Michigan That's or gone. Michigan State right. anymore. So you you're sure with Navy. You can play yeah. them every year too. No one cares. Yeah, I don't care. Go ahead, play Navy every. Year. <laughs> it's just go the, ahead, go ahead and schedule USC, Navy, and then a third G five team every year. Right. right, like that sounds like a good idea. That's fine. No yeah. one, like no one's gonna cry about yeah. it, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> whatever, I guess. You're just yeah. playing a normal schedule if you do that. Yeah, I just, it's what every like good team in the country plays basically now. Yeah, I I, uh, I I have no sympathy for like P five teams that are left out of a, a situation where every conference champion gets in. Like win your conference, and it wouldn't be an issue. It seems yeah. pretty easy. That's what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just like I I also have no real I pay no real mind to like the you know the G five teams have an easier path because they don't the talent is relative. It's yeah. <laughs> is relative to the conference. And also, uh, I mean, I just look at twenty nineteen as the model where people are like, well, I mean, this would be great because you know the highest ranked G five champion would get in, which means Memphis would you know, play a road game against an 11 and two Baylor that also beat nobody. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, at the same time you would have 12 and one Boise state and 12 and one app state. Yeah. Saying who won their conference, both sitting at home doing nothing instead of, you know, actually playing this playoff. Yeah. When they won 12 games and won their conference, yeah, both of which were better than that Baylor team. Was. Right. While, uh, you know, nine and three Wisconsin is, is waltzing into the playoff because no one else was good that year. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Like, I mean like so many teams that would make the play. If you look back at the history of like what, this model with only six guaranteed spots and six at large would look like the amount of mediocre nine and three teams from P five conferences that would make the playoff is unbelievable. It's like one or two a year. Yeah. I mean like three Steve Spurrier, South Carolina teams are getting in on this thing. Like that's That's crazy. No, thanks. I'm good. I I don't want to, I don't want that. Oh wow. Clay Helton again. Like cool. (laughs) Cool. cool. Wonder what's going to happen to him this time. And and this, another quarterback dies on the field. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And this, you know, having every conference champion, we talked about this with the champions league idea as well. This spreads out the talent in college football, even if it's, you know, indirectly, right. Cause like the, the best players are still going to go to Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state because that's what the the meta is right now. For What's five for pro stars. development as well? Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like those next tier of guys, suddenly it's a lot more viable to go to 
App State or Coastal Carolina or a team that hires good coaches instead of like Penn State, right? I think what's more important too, even beyond that, is that it, it I think will help mitigate some of the, the transfer like volatility we're going to see lately. Yeah. Like when you see guys who are really good players on a shitty team just like leave after a freshman All-American season, like uh, Karan Prunty just transferred out of Kansas. Yeah. Is waiting to pick his announcement. Apparently Ohio State's in the mix, their name's in the mix. Yeah. You know, schools like Clemson, schools like that. Um, you know, that guy, you know, is probably, if, if he's playing in App State instead of Kansas, is less likely to leave the program because he still has a chance to not only get developed for the pros, but also, you know, play for a title. He can actually yeah. play for something meaningful. Yeah, this this brings value to hiring good coaches over being in the better conference, right? It also Do, spreads the money around. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. Those playoff, those playoff uh, numbers, what they mean, to, like, like we talked about this for the Notre Dame episode with independence and the history of them. But uh, just by making the playoff, the amount of money that Notre Dame keeps to itself is astronomical and yeah. like makes up for years and years of not being in a conference. Uh, imagine if one G5 team <laughs> spread that around in the conference. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, I think they said the playoff buyout would like quadruple the annual buyouts of the AAC, yeah. which is the richest G5 conference like overnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Chadwell is walking around with some new veneers if they make the play. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's a good thing, too. I mean, schools can invest more in football. It's a reward for conferences to play well. But we're not going to get that, Pat. We are going to get the bad version Yeah. Uh, where, you know, the TJ Finley LSU team is somehow making the playoff as he yeah. throws four balls in the stands per game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it. That's what, that's what the issue is with this, is that it would make college football more fair, and they're not ever going to do nope, that that's nope. why, more fun yeah why would they do that because none of the people who want it to be fair are in power um it's just like 12 jeans smith and that's that's pretty much the guys who run this sport. I like that jeans smith that's yeah good. yeah we love jeans smith um <laughs> do you have anything else on this um i guess i kind of bummed myself out pretty much by talking about it but i do yeah. still have hope okay. um I don't know. I mean, like, this is also not finalized, too. Like, we there's still a month to go, and I, I, I think a lot of times when these articles come out, they're kind of just like weather balloons being put out to kind of, or trial balloons, whatever you want to call them, uh, to kind of see how the public reception to this is. Yeah. And, and it seems like, unfortunately, a lot of media members, media members are going to carry the bag for this idea and mm-hmm. support it, and mm-hmm. there won't be any ground one for, that we mentioned earlier. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot that we'll just... I mean, that's what he's doing. He's, yeah. he's basically acting as PR for the for the people who give him access, which mm-hmm. is what most big-time sports writers do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's Maybe if there's a lot of public support for the A-team instead of this, we could have that, but I doubt that will happen. The number one thing, dude... Fuck the neutral site games in rounds two, three, and four. That sucks. Yeah, that's so bad. Why do you need that? It doesn't. You're gonna make the Capital One Bowl a a, a, a playoff game. Like... It's about time that we made the uh, the fucking online meme bowl into yeah. a thir- into a second round playoff. Yeah, we need game. the Weed Eater uh, Bahamas Bowl to be a playoff game, yeah. so we can you know have four thousand people in attendance. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's about it's about time. Yeah, <laughs> the Jeff Bezos Space Bowl. Yeah, we're playing on the moon. Yeah, finally the bowl game that's sponsored by like the ghost of SB Nation is a yeah. fucking playoff game. God damn it. <laughs> All right, well, you want to go on to our next point of business? Yeah, sure. Let's keep talking about really bad bowl games. Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, this is, this is our good part here. We get to fix the bowl game system in part two of this episode, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, we are, you know, I, I, I griped about bowl games as have you many, many times. They uh, suck. On they're, this podcast. They're, they're terrible. They're fucking lame. Yeah. They're not cool. You know, we kind of brushed against the topic with our playoff discussion, but it, the bowl games just fucking suck. No one cares about them. Um, you know, fans don't travel to the Bahamas to watch 8-4 and four Northwestern play 9-3 and three Western Michigan in an exhibition game with every single guy who has a chance of getting drafted sitting the game out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of us are really going to weep over the death of the bowl game because these are just kind of like legalized corruption where bowl game execs pay money to coaches, ADs, and everybody else for access and TV deals. Yep. But I do think there's a way we can improve these and make them relevant and fun again and actually... Helpful to the sport. Yeah. Let me go on a little monologue here. Forgive my pitch, okay? Okay. All right. Every major sport in America basically owns a certain weekend or holiday or stretch of time, right? Thanksgiving belongs to the NFL. Basketball owns Christmas Day. College basketball is March. Am I Beth John Rothstein voice? Yeah. Uh, The Stanley Cup final. Speaking of journalists that carry water Hmm, for the NCAA. (laughs) Uh, Forensic is a... What's what's his thing with uh, Chris Holtman? Forensic. I I don't know. It's fucking lame. Anyway. Uh... The Stanley Cup Finals kind of own that week after Memorial Day. Now that, now that the NBA Finals have moved to June and July. Um, the MLB has October, of course. College football has kind of tried to do this with the New Year's Day games, yeah. but 
the other bowl game suffers result because no one else cares about the smaller bowls, and the focus is only the playoff, and no one even really cares about the New York Six Bowls anymore because, like, they're just consolation prizes for teams that were, like, pretty good but not that good, really, and, like, again, players are even sitting out of, like, the Rose Bowl now. Players sit out of the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Like, if you're not in a playoff game, there's no reason to play it anymore. It's an exhibition game, right? Yeah. So the solution to this, right? The Ryan Donnelly plan, as we're going to call it. Mm. Uh, that's what everyone on the internet is calling it. Many are calling it this, this, yes. The this, is, this is the Donnelly method. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a specter haunting college football, Patrick. Um, so look, college football takes over Labor Day. It's official opening weekend. Okay. The bowl games announce invitations to teams on Memorial Day. And we have the country... It's kind of a Selection Sunday event, right? Okay. Yep. We have the country's best teams and regional rivals paired up in high-profile matchups in every major city in America from Thursday through Monday of Labor Day weekend. Okay. The sport uses that holiday weekend to showcase some of the most exciting games of college football to set the tone early in the season. Guarantee good-on-good matchups, not trying to schedule you know a decade in advance or something, uh, and reignite interest in the sport across every region of the country, not just the South and Midwest, Right. So bowl games will actually have fans in attendance as the average fan base uh, has a reason to care about their team at the start of a season, uh, unlike the end before they're knowing they're a mediocre crew uh, playing another average team in some meaningless exhibition game in Shreveport. Okay. Uh, The holiday creates easy opportunities for travel and a celebration of the sport at tailgates across the country. You'd have 65 games featuring all 130 FBS teams over five days. Okay. Um, Here's a few sample games I've drawn up to just to illustrate this, right? You could have Texas and Texas A&M renewing their rivalry in the Cotton Bowl as two talented rosters break in new quarterbacks, yeah? Uh, Oklahoma and LSU would meet in the Southwest Classic, an event I just made up, uh, at Jerry World. The Peach Bowl plays host to Alabama, North Carolina, and Atlanta. The Las Vegas Bowl takes place in the Raiders' gaudy new black butthole stadium where Iowa State and Clemson go to war. The list goes on and on as we match up top teams to feature the sport's best stadiums, locations, cities. Um, Every major city in the country is going to have a huge college football game in it. Thousands of fans will be in town. Everyone's going to be talking about this. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's... uh, I would have some questions about those... Who's making the matchups beforehand. Is this a committee? Is that what it's... It's the bowl execs, unfortunately. Okay, so it is still going to be kind bad, of bad, yeah. I guess. And but, I guess uh, I could just make it not bad, right? Like I, I could be doing it. Yeah, we could be doing it. I, yeah, don't, I don't really. Us. But yeah. um, but I, I, I would have a little bit of, of trepidation about that because I do fear that like the power brokers in the NCAA we'll are just go for ticket sales. Yeah, they're stupid. Like they're dumb yeah. assholes who would just make bad games because right. they would want the two biggest teams, right? Like they would be. It would be. Um, You'd get like Alabama, Michigan, right? Things but like that. But even if you get that, it's still probably a blowout. Like Alabama's probably going to kill Michigan. Yeah. But like, it's better than you know Alabama versus Charleston. Yeah, it's better than that. <laughs> it's better than like a couple years ago. The the neutral site game for Alabama was Duke, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. scheduled it when when Duke was the like Chick-fil-A okay. Kickoff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that sucks. Like that's obviously not good. Um, I do have. So does this get rid of the end of season bowl games entirely? Is that's that my what plan, this? Yeah. Okay. I would like to get rid. So of then those. you just have the playoff. Basically, yeah. I mean, okay. what's, what's anyone else playing for, too? Yeah, no, that that makes sense. It to eliminates me. the sit-outs, which you, so people are yeah. playing for relevancy the whole time. Yeah, I, uh, I do wonder if players, and I think that this this might be coming, I do wonder if players, like, five games in when their team is, like, one and four, they're like, okay, I'm done. You <laughs> I'm mean, just, like, LSU's team? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> which, uh, I guess there's not really much we can do about that other than, like, abolish the NFL, which yeah. seems... A, a good way to combat that is to, pay, like, you know, pay them, right? Mm-hmm. Which... This is on the way, it seems like. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, I, you know, I'm obviously a pro player guy, and I, I do, uh, you know, support any going to the bowl games. Yeah, I really do hate the midseason opt out. That's bullshit. It's, that's to me. that's tough. Yeah. It's, it's just quitting on the there season. Was, you can't was, frame it any other way. I think there was the Duke basketball player that, that opted out with like, yeah, eight, he opted out like eight games left. It's like, bro, that's can't. just absolute horseshit. Come on, man. Yeah, that's such that's, a bad look. That's not opting out at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no health or safety reason to do that. You just quit on the team. Yeah, yeah, and that's you're I, a dork. Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to justify that. Yeah, nor will I. I have no yeah. interest in doing yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I think that this does eliminate a lot of the uh, the opt outs. Which again, we're not going to fault these kids for. I also wouldn't play in a meaningless bowl game, right? No, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I'm not going to Shreveport. You can't pay me to be there. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I there's probably a point in my career where I will be paid to go to Shreveport, and mm-hmm. I really don't want to. I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'll be just, laughing. I'll be having yeah, a solo uh, podcast, just dude. hanging out with Wyatt. <laughs> without you uh, <laughs> laughing at that <laughs> <laughs> laughing at me just being in in the worst cities in America mm-hmm. I'm hanging out in Birmingham this week mm, for some reason love that um but I, I I think that I think this makes a lot of sense I think that it brings back some of the 
kind of festivities to these bowl games, right? Like the the and the and the feeling around them, like the Rose Bowl, yeah. which I mentioned earlier, which has completely lost its luster, right? <laughs> which sucks, right? And, and that, these used to be huge celebrations, man. Fans yeah, were dying. To absolutely, these. and I think that that could still be a a Big Ten Pac twelve thing, right? You could mm-hmm. do like the best Big Ten team against the best Pac twelve team Definitely. going into the season. You could do. Like the Sugar Bowl was what it was always Big Twelve SEC. Yeah, um, you, you could definitely have conference tie-ins. Yeah, no yeah, not for sure. That. I yeah. I think that that like like what you said with the um, you know the locational tie-ins with the you know like Texas and Texas A and M they wouldn't do that in a million years. Never. But but things like that, right? I think that makes a lot of sense. You could do like a uh, this season something that I make that I think would make sense that they would agree to is like Texas Arizona State right both you know two Southwest teams two teams that are trying to we meet in Las Cruces <laughs> truly yeah um, but like I think that would be very interesting and, and and a lot of games like that I think would be very fun to watch and yeah, and, um, yeah I, I don't really have any any qualms with this I I think that if you're doing the 12 team playoff and I imagine this will be a discussion that we have more in earnest in the coming years, once the 12 team playoff is like agreed on, mm-hmm. um, we got to cut down the season, right? You just, these guys can't they're not be, gonna do that. they're not going to, but they really need to. Like, that's too many games. If you, if you have someone, if you have a team that, because they're not going to get rid of the conference championship games either. Right. If you have a team that plays the, the preseason bowl game, then the full regular season conference championship game wins their three playoff games, that's 17 games. Like that's that's too many. You yeah, know? it's a lot of games. That's that's too many for these guys, and and I. Uh, and they're also so chicken shit and terrified to compete with the NFL that they're never yeah. gonna like uh, have games going against this weekend. So I don't know how they even figure out the schedule if they do this. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, do you just go nonstop? <laughs> Does it have to go into February? <laughs> I mean, like I can't imagine. Like you know, if you start this, usually the season starts on Labor Day, right? A few teams will play like August twenty eighth, but most teams start on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, you have. 14 weeks to finish the season basically yeah uh, it takes you to like early December then you go you're gonna have another four rounds so at least four weeks do you have a break in there at any point in time or yeah. you just play like you know is <laughs> imagine you're one of these teams that has an early bye week you're gonna end up playing like 14 straight weeks of football with no break uh, including like major playoff games like physical matchups against teams way better than you like yeah how are you going to do that, man? Yeah. I think what I would probably do is I probably cut the regular season, including this preseason bowl game thing, down to 10 in total. Mm-hmm. No more conference championship games, um, which I talked about earlier. Two um, non-conference games, including the the bowl game, mm-hmm. where you get the bowl game where you have to play a team that is roughly as good as you are, and then you can do whatever the hell else what you want with the other one, right? Um, and then and then eight conference games. Yeah, I, and that sounds good to me, but I just, I mean, we know that... Yeah, we know they're not going to. We, yeah, they're just never going to decrease revenue. It's just never an option they'll ever take. Yeah. Like, it's just never... It's capitalism, baby. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? There's nothing. Yeah, they're not gonna make it better for the sake of making it better. They're, right. they're gonna. They're going to make it make more money, which yeah. is you know going to make it worse. And this, I think, my idea just to get back to the bowl games thing is why I think some of this would actually have tread is this would gain more money for the bowl games themselves yeah, for sure because the bowl games are you know not really making much money right now. I mean, they're making some obviously, but. They would no, like this. Yeah. yeah, no one goes to the fucking games. Yeah, there would be at least intrigue, which is yeah. something that they don't have right now because everybody knows there's no you don't it doesn't matter if you win a bowl game. Yeah. Like it, there's no value in it. Right. I, mean, I think everybody kinda of realized what when the BCS, you know, championship started and it no longer mattered if you won a bowl game that wasn't the BCS championship. It's like, Oh well, what are we what are we playing for here? Mm-hmm. Right? Because before at least it was like if you win the Rose Bowl, you might be named the national champion. Yeah. Um, and that just doesn't exist anymore. And it, it might just be outside of this idea, I think, that the bowl games just literally just don't matter anymore and we should just get rid of them. Yeah, um, I, I mean, nothing wrong with it. I, yeah. I, the, the bowls suck. Yeah, they're, they're, they're useless, right? And it, it stinks to have to get rid of, you know, cool historic bowl games, right? Like, I keep going back to it. I don't want to lose the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is cool, right? I, I like the Rose Parade. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the Sugar Bowl. I think it's fun. But they're just, they're so bad right now. And I think that this is pretty much the only way to rescue them from that kind of situation where they're in because there's not a, a real fix for, for this outside of that. I don't think you can make, I don't think you can add value to those games again. I, I've heard people say that you should play. Uh, you should have like the regular season and the conference championships, then play all the bowl games, then pick the playoff teams after okay. the bowl games. <laughs> okay. Which is just even more football. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of football. That's, <laughs> and, that's a lot of football. And you're not picking the playoff until 
New Year's Day is yeah. like when you would pick the playoff Man. teams. And then you have another, what, you wait another four weeks to play all those games. Yeah. Done, and it's just, so then, you know, then you you are going against Super Bowl at some point. Yeah. yeah I don't know how you, you know, you ended on Valentine's Day, so everyone's girlfriend hates them when you watch the title game. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Yeah, that's really, you, you ended on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the NCAAs, we think we're confident yeah. that we can pull this off. I mean, God damn. I, maybe they even, uh, it, it's just terrible, dude. I don't know what to say. There really is not much of a solution. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, Ryan, is college football just bad? <laughs> is it's just a bad sport. It's just like everything else in America we talk about where, I mean, unfortunately, the inevitable looming specter and grinding death of capitalism has just robbed all joy out of like life Yeah, uh, and just grinds everything into a mechanical dollars and cents calculations to extract as much value from it as you can as yeah. this fucking decaying empire just slowly robs you know uh, just a- everything from our lives you can't own a house anymore you can't own a car you can barely have friends I, I own a car but I, I, I built, <laughs> I'm simply built different <laughs> oh look man yeah I got a car too but uh, <laughs> you know I mean it's just the goal is for everyone to be a fucking renter economy and anyway you know uh, yeah it's I, miserable, man. I mean, what can you do? Like, it's just, you live in America. You live in like, the end of a, uh, the, the fucking death rattle of an empire where, you know, all of the good times and all of the, the stuff that you get joy out of is just gone. And now all you yeah. can do is just whatever little serotonin hits you can from the dings on your phone and hope it's good enough to get you through the day. Truly, you are a peasant. You live in the sewer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're um, a fucking rat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you were a rat in the hay barn of a peasant. You were just uh, a little scabby mouse eating fucking shit and carrying the plague to everyone you know. <laughs> um, I don't know if I... And, and no one is allowed to steal this if they hear this on the podcast. I don't know if I've told you this before. I have a, uh, a like a permanent book idea stuck in the back of my mm-hmm. head about about the, and we've talked about this in like a group chat and stuff before, the complete destruction caused by the analytics era, right? How yeah. it has just fucking ruined every sport. It's so bad. Like, they're all awful now. <laughs> they're all really bad. Baseball is so lame. Baseball is completely unwatchable. It's all, it's like, it's either a strikeout or a home run. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's the two things that happen. And it's just like, like basketball, every team is built the exact same way. And it's like, which one, which team is just the best at shooting threes? That's, yeah. Which team is hot tonight? You know, who's, yeah, who's which, manufacturing corner threes, you know, and, and I, I, I bump up against this a lot in writing the newsletter is like a lot of football teams are running the exact same offense. It's the, you know the Art Briles shit, right? Yeah. Where they're just it's like they have receivers that aren't running routes on certain plays because most of their assignments are either a go route or they run a, a you know a, a glance on an on an RPO. Those are the two things that they do. And it's like this is is this better? Is this really improvement that we're <laughs> that we just have 130 teams doing the same thing now? Um, How do you go backward? I mean, it's even true in hockey too, right? Like it's true everywhere. Like, yeah. It's even sports people are like, oh, this is still like this is real football. This is you know this is real like. And no, everywhere is like yeah. just crumbling to dust. Even the fucking this this is I think this was the the absolute like the sign of the apocalypse. The NFL is doing it. Right? It's why I've said many times the only cool sport is lifting weights. Okay. <laughs> you can't you can't do that cool. You can't do that in like yeah, a you, modern There's no way. analytics. The you only just question have is, to yeah, you have to move the weight to a certain place. Right. And the question <laughs> is, and we like the training models have been studied so extensively for so many decades that we know everyone in the world if you have the research on it knows literally this they're all doing the same workouts. They know yeah. exactly how to get there. Yeah. The question is how much of a freak are you naturally? Yeah. How big are you? And what kind of steroids can your government provide to you? That is all the question is. And yeah. that, to me, is cool. Yeah. We need to go back to the the days of, like, the best football team is the one that has the tallest, biggest guy. <laughs> like, just like... Have you ever watched the movie Troy? No. Okay. Uh, you're familiar with it Is at it all? about Chip Lindsay? Hmm, that's good. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, you know, it's about the Trojan War, you know, okay. Helen, yeah. the whole deal, right? Yeah. You know, Achilles, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, one of the first scenes is uh, Brad Pitt, who is, plays Achilles, uh, wakes up in a camp having, you know, just fucked some local woman and is just okay. laying in bed naked. Yeah. And they're all having a war outside. He's just like kind of sleeping in. And, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, his, fuck. I slept through the goddamn war. Uh, his king is trying to make him fight the other side's champion. Okay. And it's just like some giant, like seven foot tall, you know, 300 pound beast who wields a hammer. And, yeah. you know, Achilles runs up, kills him one shot. The whole, it's, you know, it's Achilles. It's cool yeah. and all. But, yeah, that's what we should go back to is the biggest guy on each team should just fight at center field and uh, that's, what, that's what matters. Yeah, we need to go back to 
every player on the field being five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty five pounds, yeah. and then the best player in the league is six two two oh five. Let's get sumo wrestling big in America. It's already cool in Japan. You want to think about a culture that's depraved enough to just stuff itself with ground oh, beef twenty four hours a day and get as fat and humongous and slovenly as possible to create power? Yeah, we've got it right here, brother. It's about time, <laughs> folks. It, it seems like kind of a natural fit at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's it's depressing doing these kind of episodes where we try to fix the sport because you realize just how much you're bumping up against when you try to do anything at all that would right. make it better, right? It's just like th- this is what they wanted. This is <laughs> this is what they wanted the sport they to look got like. It. Yeah. They wanted to consolidate power absolutely at the top of the sport because that's the, those are the teams that make the most money and they make the decisions. Yeah, and and it's true of the rest of the world, man. It's not just yeah, football. That's yeah, thing for too. sure. I mean, like I already got into this fucking rant, but like yeah. when everything and the only when the only way you view the world is through like value and what can create or extract or diminish value for you and everyone and everything and every little iota of the world is just a value on a spreadsheet that either creates you wealth or does not create you wealth that's the only way you view people yeah it's just miserable yeah it just fucking sucks yeah like, you're as it turns out you're gonna kind of lose the spirit of the game when you're just thinking of it as how like how do i win this how do i how do i maximize yeah. how do i how do i beat this right? right how do i beat football and it's like you're not supposed to it's, it's supposed to be fun it should be a game that you play <laughs> and uh it'll never go back to normal yeah uh, why, Ryan? What do we do about this? Do we? Do we? Do we? Uh... I mean, if you can't tell. I'm pretty despondent about it, dude. I don't know. Like, I'm just. I just try to have fun on the internet with my friends. Mostly, yeah. I just like drink a beer. I yeah, guess. I think That's... we just have a. I think we just have a big beer and maybe uh, hope for the best. I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to playing rummy with yeah. my friends and drinking a few beers dude, while I do it. Rummy rocks. Rummy's I, a great rummy's, card game. Rummy's a fun game. We this need, is what I'm saying. Yeah, we we yeah. need to go out to the bar and play some rummy again sometime. There, there's soon. no. Uh, there's no. You know, blackjack. That has analytics. People are counting yeah. cards. You yeah. can't be counting cards. You rummy. can't cheat in rummy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a matter of how quick are you, how yeah. smart are you, you know, how aware are you. Yeah, rummy and rummy's the thinking man's game. Rummy and uh, <laughs> do, do we like euchre? You, I like euchre. Yeah, you're a lot, pro yeah. euchre I now, right? I recently got into euchre. Yeah, we like euchre's fun. Euchre yeah. is also it's just like. Um, do you know the rules of the game better than the other guys? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's the skill. Yeah, is like how how uh, how well do you know how this game works? Oh, man. Um, and we like that. What's um, uh, are you familiar with the, the concept of Hoyle's rules? No. Uh, apparently, Hoyle is this big card game guy from I don't know the 20th century or whatever. Okay. Just like it's <laughs> a cool brand of yeah. guy to be the 20th century card game guy. He basically just figured out like how, the best way to maximize all of the card games. Mm-hmm. He was basically proto analytics for cards. Yeah. And uh, if you get to play, if like you play the game following Hoyle's rules, you're <coughs> X percent more likely to win. And you know. Uh, uh, my good buddy Luke, who you've met a few times and yeah. listened to this pod, was teaching me how to play uh, Euchre a couple months ago, maybe, and his his friends from back home were, were over, and, uh, you know, he started referencing Hoyle's rules a few times, and me and his buddy Grant were like, oh, well, it's Hoyle, it's every time we did something, like, you give me a beer, it's, it's Hoyle's rules, like, it's, can you open close that door, it's, it's Hoyle's rules, you know, it's, if we don't go to the bar by 10 o'clock, that's, that's not Hoyle's rules, we gotta follow Hoyle's rules. Yeah. Um, anyway, analytics fucking suck, uh, life used to be fun, they're trying to make it not fun. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's cool is just beer, cards, and girls. That's uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe cars could be cool. Can cars be cool, folks? Are we just going to be? Are we just going to become like a boomer cartoon? Now I was talking to guys about the F one races uh, a couple weekends ago because <laughs> okay. the yeah. uh, Monaco was on. Or yeah, whatever, and. Yeah. Uh, they're like, yeah, F1 kind of sucks now because the cars are just so fast, no one passes each other. So it's just like, whoever does well <laughs> in the trial just wins the race. Why did we do this? <laughs> I'm like, you can't even make fucking racing fun. <laughs> Why did we do this? It's just shit? big car goes fast. Oh and we already broke that too. I did have, I had a good time watching the, the U.S. men's national team play soccer, but I was also like, a couple beers deep and at a bar with friends so I think that yeah. maybe that's just the key is that I still love the. I mean I still love watching college football yeah. because I just get really drunk and do yeah. it all day yeah but see I don't get I, to do that I have to I have to I raw know. dog this shit <laughs> when I talk about it I mean no one's making it but, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan you, employer, we, don't listen to this Ryan we both know that this is my only skill <laughs> <laughs> but I mean yeah if, I mean like Dude, it's there's just no really there's no fun to be had about. Like, the only thing that's cool about football now, guys, nowadays is just the players and like yeah. seeing the physical marvels and, that it produces. And we don't even get to talk to them. 
Yeah, I don't even get to know. Zoom meetings yeah, we don't even get to know anything about these players yeah. until they leave. Like they're they're so buttoned up. Like I I think we we learned like like two weeks ago. Oh hey, Justin Fields is cool, right? Yeah. Like we didn't know that until now because he like the only thing he would ever say is like you know we're gonna the team yeah, is good. yeah we're gonna practice and try to get better. The it's brotherhood. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just this is more of a journalism complaint than anything yeah. else. But and like, every two bit dumbass who you know writes about college football specifically on this beat is just gonna you know repeat the same fucking quotes. They're all. Yeah. At the same Did you know damn. Justin Fields is a vegan? My God, <laughs> dude! Just when you like leave, this is this is inside baseball. I'm sure no one cares what we're saying at this. Yeah. But like you know, when I used to be in the beat and Pat is now, you all go to the same press conferences. Yeah, you all get the same quotes, and like there are like seven guys out of the pool of 50 reporters who ask all the questions. Yeah, and the other 43 remora fish just latch on to them <laughs> like fucking like just. <laughs> like parasites <laughs> and just use the worst most uh, like, cookie cutter quotes to fit whatever pre-written narrative they already had in their heads like yeah. Master Teague actually good yeah um you know Josh Myers leader CJ like, Saunders J- is a problem CJ Saunders cool like just oh my god that was, that was my favorite that up. was my favorite article was CJ Saunders is cool <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that I wrote. Um, you might you might watch the games and think Tough Borland is very bad yeah. because he's slow, can't tackle, doesn't know the plays, just sucks shit. But actually, if you listen to him talk, uh, it turns out he's really good. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Shut up. If you listen to the coach who's being paid a million dollars to try and make players good, you have to just believe him. that The guy that he's coaching is good. He's being paid a million dollars so he can keep coaching. That's his yeah. goal. His, only, his job is to make the players better or to win games. His job is to keep coaching yeah and that's all he's doing yeah i love to get up there as a coach who's being paid to you know do a do a good job and to coach and to say uh my players stink it's like well yeah. who caused that right <laughs> oh my god oh well this Damn. has been ohio state beat complaining hour um you let's fucking get better at writing articles you <laughs> fucking losers like it's just everyone's really bad at it anyway subscribe to the buckeye sports bulletin <laughs> newspaper which um i like to think does a pretty good job of that's covering right. ohio yeah, state cool. um ryan what do we what else do we have here oh Okay, so this is... Um, <laughs> now that we've complained for 20 minutes. <laughs> I've got a pretty good one for you, Pat. Okay. This is... I read... I was reading... Uh, I was reading an old Andy Staples article from maybe three months ago. Okay. Um, ancient. Guess, ancient, yeah. Really old. Uh, and I came across this, this bit in the story that I'd missed previously. Uh, and I think it was just the most flipping the field thing I've read in weeks. And we just realized we had to talk about the podcast immediately. Okay. Do you know who Hiro Kanu is? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Okay. So for people who aren't familiar, including you, uh, Kanu is a German defensive tackle. He recently moved to California. I believe it's Santa Margarita High School um, during this past football season. So he works with former UMass defensive tackle Brandon Collier. Okay. Uh, he's an American living in Germany that runs a company called PPI Recruits. Okay. Basically, he is the European bag man that connects European <laughs> players with D1 schools in America. Yeah. He takes the kids on... Uh, you know, big tours yeah, of all the campuses. I think they have these for like punters in Australia and things right, like, like that. Right, like Australia yeah. is a comparable thing. There's a, there's a Canadian group that does this as well. Um, there's one based in Montreal that I met a few times at these recruiting camps. Um, you know, cool guys, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of, it is a service that someone needs to do. Like yeah, uh, a lot of these players yeah. don't have the recruiting culture. They, they don't really know about it. He is a helpful guy, I'm sure. Um, you know, he's players, he is a guy, he's a tight end from Uppsala, Sweden. You know, he has this uh, uh, German defense attack from Dusseldorf. You know, he's all these guys yeah. across the country, right? So, uh, so Kano's like a real freak of nature. He's, he's like 6'6", 295, and is quick on his feet. Um, he's recently moved into the top 100 overall players in the class by rivals. That's hard to do as a German guy. It's hard to do as a German guy. Yeah. Uh, he also started playing football two years ago. Okay. He's going to be a senior, and he's only 16 right now. Yeah. Um, Jesus he, Christ. He was playing soccer at 6'3", 240 when Collier found him. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, we're going <laughs> to we'll get you straightened out. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he seems pretty likely to end up at Ohio State, actually. He, okay. he just had the last two days on campus as recording this. Yeah. Um, he's probably going to be a Buckeye. He loves Larry Johnson, I guess. But okay. that's not really the story here. The story we want to talk about, Pat, Kanu's father, Kingsley, okay. is of Nigerian descent. He okay. immigrated to Germany before Hero was born. For reference here, I've never heard this story. So okay. this is going to be this live. Is, this is, this is going to be a live reaction for me. Uh, Kingsley, like I said, Kanu's father, he, he married a woman named Judith of German descent. Okay. Um, but even he's the real story here. Okay. 
What we're going to talk about is his father's brother, a.k.a. Okay. Hero's uncle. His okay. name is Namdi Kanu. we got an uncle in the building. There's an uncle in the building. Uh, Staples just mentioned this as like a throwaway bit in the article when I looked it up because <laughs> I was so fascinated. That's, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Namdi is Hero's uncle is the leader of a separatist group in Nigeria called the Indigenous People of Biafra. Okay. His goal is to create a separate state in eastern Nigeria, separate from the current Nigerian government. Okay. He's often described himself as like a nonviolent man who idolizes yeah. like Muhammad, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. uh, Martin Luther King, all those guys interested yeah. in civil disobedience. That's fine or whatever. It's not yeah. really my cup of tea, but some yeah. guys like that yeah. stuff. Um, I'm more of a Mao kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, well, you have you have that Irish blood. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, all that changed about six months ago. Okay. <laughs> that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> you know, now, he'd been in jail a few times previously, uh, okay. but just for like civil disobedience yeah. stuff. He's been released, arrested, released, arrested like five times. <laughs> um Nandi Kanu gave a speech to the World Igbo Congress. Uh, okay. People don't know Igbos are an ethnic group um, or kind of a tribe within Western Africa, mostly Nigeria, Eastern Nigeria to be specific, but kind of all throughout the region. Um, he was asking this, the World Igbo Congress, which is usually just like a meeting of like kind of vaguely political people, not really that big of a deal. Yeah. He just gave a big speech asking for bullets and guns. Okay. Um, <laughs> and all right. Shortly thereafter formed the ESN, which is a militant arm of the indigenous people of Biafra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been engaged in open armed conflict with the Nigerian states since December of 2020 and continues in clashes up to this very moment. Um, there's pretty broad support for this Biafra movement uh, among Igbo people in Nigeria. Um, intentions have been really steadily rising for decades now. Um, there was a civil war in the late 60s, early 70s that killed over 1 million Igbos, what would now be Biafra. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently pretty common among uh, th- these Eastern Nigerian Igbo men to really support this and kind of join up with the movement. Yeah. Uh, you also have a separatist movement in Western uh, Nigeria. And in Central Nigeria, they're doing okay. Boko Haram recently. Okay. So things are going really well. That yeah, sounds like it. Um Anyway, I just think the idea... I, I would... I'm begging another journalist to please follow up on this. I am begging you to ask Hiro Kanu about his thoughts on Nigerian separatism. <laughs> and that there is an Ohio State defensive tackle whose uncle is the leader of one of the world's major armed separatist movements and just no one talks about it. I'm going to lose my mind. Dude, I've, I've got you. First time we get him for an availability, I'm asking this kid, so can we talk about the Igbo people? <laughs> Dude, please, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm blown away by this. Oh, that rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not obviously, I, I, I'm sure there's no connection here, but uh, you know you know who Timisha Adelaide is, the defensive end from the 2020 class, 2021 class who Ohio State was recruiting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ended yeah. up Texas A&M. He was committed to Ohio State for a while. Um, both him and former assistant Ohio State defensive line coach Kenny Ananuke yeah. are both Igbo guys as well. I think Kenny Ananuke was actually at the camp today. If I heard serves. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wonder if they were talking about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're talking. That's why he likes Ohio State so much. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Okuda is Nigerian in the background. I mean, there's like a lot to talk about here, in no, my opinion. Jeff Okuda is one of the, the uh, Ethiopian Jews that they talk about yeah, in, right. in Uncut Gems. That's even better, dude. Namdi, uh, Namdi Kanu, Hero's uncle, describes himself as Jewish. Let's go. He's never been he doesn't really like go to temple or anything like that, but he'll just like he occasionally just likes the vibes. He likes the vibes and will occasionally borrow Jewish prayers at these meetings okay, and stuff like yeah. that. Um yeah, it's like a pretty major world story going on right, right now. And just uh, this insane connection that I've stumbled onto about this. And oh, man. Uh, I'm begging someone to talk about it. Yes. Uh, if you're a you reporter to listen to this, whatever three of you guys listen to this podcast. Yeah. Please, please ask about this. Yeah, Bill, Bill Landis, let's team up on this baby. We can, we can track this thing yeah, down. Yeah, give me, give me a hold of uh, Bruce Feldman for this one. Let me. Okay, who's the least dumb? Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna roll out to Nigeria and get killed in revolutionary battle. <laughs> Steve Wilfong traveling to the Horn of Africa to just see what's going on. <laughs> It's time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sham Sharani tweeting, hmm, sources. <laughs> <laughs> There's great support among the people for a soon-to-be breakaway from the Jenny State. Oh, man. That's what On3, the new recruiting website, needs to do to prove itself. Go, okay. out, go out to Nigeria, send Shannon Terry out to Nigeria. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Yeah, they're going to scoop like BBC News on what's going on out there. <laughs> <laughs> Try to track down this recruit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm man. losing my mind over it. Um, now I want to know if there's anybody else. It's like, are there any like Irish recruits sent to the Troubles or something? That we can figure <laughs> out about like, does Jerry Adams have a nephew in Boston who's playing lacrosse? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. 
Any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I'm pro. I'm pro all of it. I, I think, think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's very funny. I <laughs> yeah, then I, I got a little bit too far down the wormhole where I was reading okay. about like, yeah. uh, you know, why the Igbo people want to separate from Nigeria, and then you have like Western Nigerian people saying actually it's their own fault because okay. they tried to do a coup back in the '60s, and we've okay. all hated them ever since. Yeah, they're like, well, that's not really a reason to oppress us. Yada yada. You know, I think I'm going to get pretty into Nigerian politics this year. I think it's going to be my new thing I'm going to get <laughs> That's into. The new thing. That's the only thing that can make you feel anything. That's right. Nigerian <laughs> politics. Yeah, where's the popping on at? You know what I mean? Uh, I had like three moments of excitement when I found out that Peru elected a self-described socialist. And I was like, oh, just kidding. He's like every other self-described democratic socialist and is a huge fucking pussy. Yeah. Has no interest in doing anything Peru, cool. Peru has elected Lee Carter as its president. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, dude. He's a former teacher who is like, yeah, I'm a Marxist the head of the communist party and now he's like well we're not actually going to nationalize mm. anything or we're just kind of talking about that okay well we still respect the central bank that's cool man mm. thank you good, we, good work we love that anyway this is the peruvian <laughs> politics podcast <laughs> flipping the field yeah, that's right we're gonna learn yeah. about foreign elections yeah. welcome, that's us. welcome back to flipping el field <laughs> <laughs> i don't nice, think they speak nice. spanish over there in peru do they in peru they speak spanish yeah man do they Okay, yes. all right. Well, <laughs> could have been anything. <laughs> could have been anyone. What else could have been? What is one example? I don't know, what man. The uh, Peruvian. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> all right, keep going. Really holding my feet to the fire here. I don't know. One of the other ones. <laughs> right, let's get out of here. All right, man. Um, what are we doing next week? Oh, uh, next week we are going to do our preview of the first P5 conference. We've not decided which one okay. yet. Do you want to decide live on the air here? Um, let's flip a coin between the Pac-12 and ACC, the two bad ones. Okay, here, I'll pull up the actual flip a coin thing here. The, All right, the, the, heads the, is uh, ACC, tails is Pac-12. Okay, we've got... Uh, it's preparing to flip. Boy, they really... <laughs> Okay, it's Tails. Tails. That was the Pac-12. Pac-12. All right, so we're, we're heading to the uh, the dregs here. We're going hmm. back into the CUSA. <laughs> and then yeah, after that, uh, we're going to have a, a mailbag episode yeah. the week following. Um, so if you guys want to send us questions with a five-star review or just comments, uh, tweets, DMs, emails, whatever the fuck you guys want to do with this stuff. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts about the Igbo people? Or yeah, if you have, if you have thoughts on, on Peru's politics, yes. what want, language they speak there. <laughs> Are there any other maybe political separatist moments you want us to talk about? Um, for yeah. example, I'm well-versed on Kosovo. You know, I've got thoughts on are uh, you, a lot of Are you leading a, pro- a political separatist party, and would you like to talk to us about that? <laughs> Do you have an uncle involved in militant politics? Have him give me a call. Yeah. I'm interested. Have are, him, actually, have him shoot me a signal, DM. Let's be safe here. Let's, let's, let's not be... Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's not go <laughs> Overboard with this thing. Do you have maybe a friend that works for the CIA who knows anything about this? Do you work for the CIA like we do? You're a cop. You have to tell us. That's, that's right. Yeah, if you work for the CIA legally, you have to tell you us. You know, do you maybe support the American military's heroin trafficking operations in the Golden Triangle? Is that mm-hmm. something that you do for work day to day? I don't do it for work, but I certainly support it. <laughs> um, Ryan, where can people find you online? <laughs> I am on Twitter at Namdi Connor. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm at B1G underscore Ryan. Uh, you can tweet me there about you know Nigeria or uh, college football or whatever else. You want Those to are the about. two things you can tweet Ryan about. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for checking out Flipping the Field, the college football pod- podcast about everything. Podcast. Um, if you if you enjoy <laughs> if you enjoy the show. <laughs> Please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about a different episode that isn't that isn't this one. Don't tell them about this one. Tell them to listen to the first 38 minutes of this one and then yeah. not anything beyond uh, that. We were pretty bad in that one, too. I was bitching about how capitalism ruins the world's joy. Okay, listen to the first 30 minutes. Um, I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. My writing is about college football somehow and at the, the Outside Zone newsletter. Um, on Substack, available three times a week for $5 a month. Um, Ryan, do we have anything else? No, man, we're good. All right, I'll talk to you next week. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.